So the title of my message today is I am a worshiper. Surprise, I'm talking about worship. <laughs> um, so the first thing I wanted to say to you guys was um, you might have heard the term floating around church, whether it was here or someone else, uh, a worship leader. Uh, today's day and age has really in focus someone that's up here singing, leading others in corporate worship as a worship leader. Um, but I don't think that's true. That's not the true definition of a worship leader. I personally believe that each and every single one of us as Christians, as lovers of Christ, of people that do our best to follow the Word of God, are all worship leaders. And it's not just Sundays. It's every single day of the week. So, having said that, I want you guys to take a minute to think. All right, so you might think of worship as getting down on your hands and knees. I don't know if you think of a different religion other than Christianity, how they might worship. Um, in the Bible, you see people tearing their clothes even, getting down on their hands, giving burnt offerings. People in other countries today still do crazy stuff to worship who they think is God. So in your guys' mind, as you go throughout your week, what do you think worship is? What do you guys worship? And I'm not going to give you a whole minute to think about <laughs> in silence. I don't know if we'd all enjoy that very much. But I think that in today's day and age, we worship a lot of things maybe other than our God. Um, and that might look different for each and every single one of us. Some of us might worship a television. Okay, Some of us might worship our phones. Some of us might worship our children. Whatever it is. Okay, um, and if you're thinking, well, I don't think that I worship any of those things. Seem, seems kind of weird, right? I mean, to worship a screen or to worship maybe another person that you see every day or a job, whatever. Okay, but let me give you the definition of worship. Maybe it will change your mind. Worship means to honor, to respect, to admire with reverence and extravagant love to give your main attention to, to think about more than anything, okay? There's a couple different things there, but I think the big one, especially for us today, is what we spend most of our time thinking on. What do we do the most of? Who do we think the most of? When we get home from our day job, what do we think about? During our day job, what do we think about? You know, these are all questions that we can ask ourselves. So, how can you express worship? By the definition of worship, you can express worship simply by thinking about it <laughs> and thinking about it a lot. Whatever your main attention is, is what you worship. So, think back. What is it that you might worship? Is it our Heavenly Father? I know for me, some days and probably a lot of days, it's not. You know, we go through our everyday lives and we're just consumed and hit by so many different things, so many different things to look at, a new TV program, text messages on the phones, I got to do this and this and this, right? Whatever it is, okay? So and we're, today we're going to look at a couple different ways that the Bible says that we can worship, all right? Um, and to start, the biggest one, probably the one that the Bible says the most, I think it was over a hundred times it mentions in the Bible, 
worship is expressed through music, okay? Music is one of the biggest expressions of worship, and it doesn't matter if you're a musician. The Bible, when it talks about music and worshiping, it mentions things like raising your hands. We raise our hands on Sunday mornings. We clap our hands. You might have been to a church service where they're dancing around and people are running around, and it's not because they're weird or they just want to. The Bible literally says that to worship, you can dance. You can sing your own song. You can clap your hands. You can raise your hands. You can shout. And by shout, they just mean lift up any kind of noise because you don't know what else to say, <laughs> right? Um, that is the thing that's mentioned the most in the Bible. Like I said, it's over 100 times. That's a lot. Um, but there's a couple other ways that we can worship, and a lot of us might not think about it all the time. So where does our journey of worship begin? How do I worship God other than a Sunday morning during a corporate worship service? What do I do, right? The first thing it starts with is salvation. Your journey of worship to our God starts with salvation, all right? Um, Ephesians 2.8, it says this, for it is by grace you have been through faith, this is not from yourselves, but it is a gift from God. So this verse is telling us our salvation, our inheritance, us getting to have a relationship with God our Father, and when we pass away, we get to go to heaven and spend eternity with him. That is a gift, right? It's not something that we attain. You can't earn it. He's giving it to us. All right, so I want you to think about this. When somebody gives you a gift... Maybe it's your birthday. Maybe it's Christmas. Maybe they're just being friendly. I don't know what it is. Somebody gives you a gift, and you like the gift. What do you do? We say thank you at least, right? Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I would. I think that's the least that I would do is say thank you. Now, my wife, Melissa, when I give her a present, uh, my family knows she goes crazy, all right? She does more than say thank you. She screams and she squeals and she gets all excited and <laughs> she wants another one. When it's, when it's Christmas time and there's presents under the Christmas tree, every single day she walks by and you can just see her like biting her nails and I need to open it, right? She loves presents. Okay? When you get a present from someone, you're thankful. You're grateful. Like I said, hopefully. <laughs> Maybe you aren't. Whatever. Okay. So again, salvation is a gift from our Heavenly Father. So if our Heavenly Father gives us a gift, what should our reaction be? Thankfulness. Just if, if you receive a gift here on earth, our response should be and could be thankfulness. Okay? Um, I would say that's the very first thing. So worship is love. This is my point number one. Worship is love. Okay? So it's important that we understand the love that God has for us and understand how we can respond with our love for him, okay? So like I just said, a way that we can respond to God's love for us is with thankfulness, okay? Romans 5.8 talks about God's love. It says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, okay? That is the ultimate form of sacrifice, the ultimate form of love, in my mind anyways, that you can do for someone is to give your life 
away to someone else, to die for someone else, right? It's the ultimate form of love. And Jesus came down from heaven and became a man and died for us. And this verse specifically said, while we were still sinners, all right? I don't know if you guys have ever had a person in your life, maybe it's a sibling, maybe it was a friend, or just, I don't know, someone you work with, that you just haven't had a good relationship with, all right? Like, they did you wrong, you know? So you hold a grudge, and I don't want to talk to that person today. I hope I don't see that person today. <clears throat> I just don't like them. Maybe you have a relationship like that. Maybe you don't, but maybe you have, all right? What was your response to that person? Was it grumbling and complaining like I just said? Or did you treat them like a brother? Did you show them love? Did you say, thank you, you're welcome, please, were you kind? Did you give them things when they were never going to give you anything? I don't know. I think a natural response for a lot of us is to grumble and complain and harden your heart and ignore them, you know? Um, but Christ was our example. He came to earth knowing that each and every one of us are sinners. We all mess up. We should love him, but some of us don't. We do all the things he says we shouldn't do, and then the next day we say we're sorry. And then we go back and we do it again. And we say we're sorry. He came and died for us knowing that we do that <laughs> every day. We do that, and we will continue to do that. Okay? I don't know how we cannot express thankfulness and gratefulness to a God that would do that for us, you know? He has eternal love for us, and it's something so great. Okay, um, in Mark twelve twenty-eight through 31, I don't think I'm going to read the whole thing. I'm going to start with verse 30. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself, and there is no commandment greater than these. Okay. It's something I think we've all probably heard. It's something that's so well known. The first commandment is love your God. The next one is love your neighbor, right? These are the two most important things that we can do in our life, okay? So in this story, if you don't know it, okay, Jesus was teaching, talking to a group of people, and one of the big religious leaders of the day, or they thought they were, came up and asked Jesus, trying to be smart, like, what's the most important commandment? And in his mind, he's probably thinking, because we all know they're all important, right? We should probably do all of them, but what are you going to say? What's the most important one? And he says, to love the Lord your God with everything. That is the most important one. Again, how do you love the Lord your God? It can start with thankfulness, gratefulness, telling the Lord... You are so thankful that we're able to have a relationship with him, thankful that you have clothes to wear today, that you have food to eat, that you have a house to go home to, okay? Every single little thing is something that we can be thankful to God our Father. Amen? Point number two for this morning is worship is intimacy. All right, so what is intimacy? The first thing I think of when I hear intimacy is I think of marriage. I think of a covenant between a husband and a wife, okay? It's the closest bond that you can have with someone when you're here on earth, 
Okay, so the definition, a technical definition of intimacy is a close familiarity or friendship, a closeness. Okay, so being like a family or a friend, being closer than anyone else. All right, so John 15, 13 through 15 says this. Greater love has no one than this, to lay one's life down for one's friends. We've already discussed that. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. This is Jesus speaking. He literally says, I have called you friends, right? Now, I gave the example of marriage, a covenant of marriage um, being intimate, right? You can be intimate with anyone. As we saw, the definition of intimacy is a closeness. Um, Thursday night, I did the recording uh, that we did on Facebook, and I had the example come to my mind of a best friend. When you have a best friend, no matter who it is, maybe it was a best friend. Think about it. Why? Why were they your best friend? Okay, it was probably for one of two reasons. You really liked them and you knew that you could tell them anything, right? You trusted in them, you confided in them. Or two, you went through something traumatic together and that brought you close. That's what made you close is because you got through something together, okay? So when you have a best friend, like I said, you probably tell them everything, right? If something happens during your day and you thought it was funny, who do you tell? Your best friend, all right? If something bad happens and you're super angry and you need to go vent to someone, who are you going to go vent to? Your best friend, all right? Jesus is our friend, right? It is important to hold the standard that, yes, Jesus is our God, all right? And we have to have that respect for him. But on another level, he's also our friend, okay? And we can see him as that. You can tell him anything. You can come to him when you're angry. You can come to him when you're happy. If you want advice for something, even though you might not hear an audible voice come back to you when you ask, uh, what should I do about this, Lord? You don't hear anything. Just wait. He's a friend. He'll give you an answer one way or another. The answer might come through another person, the answer might come through a verse that you read in the Bible, and it might just give you a revelation. I don't know if you guys have ever had that, where you prayed something two weeks ago, and then all of a sudden it just, oh, yeah, that's what I should do. I don't know why I didn't think of that before, right? You ever thought that that might be Jesus communicating with you? Or you're just a genius, one of the two. <laughs> I like to think the latter. <laughs> so, worship is intimacy, okay? Going back to the friends and the husbands and wives and being intimate, okay? When you have a best friend or when you have a husband or a wife, you probably know the way that they think. You know the way that they act very well, probably more than everybody else, okay? It's the same way with our relationship with Jesus Christ. Showing, worshiping him, giving him honor and respect is knowing him. It's knowing his thoughts. It's knowing his ways. It's knowing what he would do in a certain situation, right? Have you guys ever heard the phrase, what would Jesus do? WWJD. 
I don't know, you guys probably had little bracelets that said it at one point, or I don't know if you went to Bible school. Okay, it's kind of like a cheesy saying now, okay, but it's real, you know? Going through your life, you can literally ask yourself the question, what would Jesus do? What would he do? And if you don't know, there you go. You need to get to know him. And how do you get to know him? Okay, you might be thinking, well, I can't hear his voice out loud all the time. I can't actually have a conversation with him like I'm talking to you guys right now, right? So what do you do? You read the Word of God. The Word of God is living, it's powerful, and it's literally the words of God. They would not be there if he did not want them to be there. A lot of our answers and questions in life come from the Bible. They don't come from people that have a much deeper relationship with Jesus Christ than you do, okay? It comes from the Bible, okay? And somebody might have an answer that you don't have because they read something in the Bible that you didn't. Or they got a revelation somewhere from the Bible that you didn't, okay? The Bible holds all of the keys to everything, okay? Including getting to what he would do, his ways, his thoughts. Okay, I want to read Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. All right, this is another common verse that I'm sure we might have all heard once or twice. Okay, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Okay, the next part is what I want. You guys to focus on this morning okay in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight all right it says in all your ways submit to him okay surrender yourself to him in everything whether you think it's important or you think it's unimportant okay like i don't know if you guys have a job whether it's making coffee it's in the construction business, the, you're an electrician, whatever it is, you might think, you know, my job is not important. God doesn't care what job I have. It's just a job. I need money to live every day, okay? Well, the Bible says that we should surrender everything that we have to him. Surrender your job to him. What does that mean? Let him do what he wants while you're at your job. You don't just have to go to your job and do your mundane, every single thing that you do every single day, the same thing over and over. Hate my job. Hate my life. I have to do this again. I have to see that person again. All right? Submit it to him. Give it to him. He might have something fun for you to do. Well, <laughs> you might not think it's fun, but... Okay? He might want you to do something different at your job. What would he do? Right? Another one here. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Okay? Another common one. I'm choosing all the easy scriptures. <laughs> okay? Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What does that mean? The word of God will show you the way no matter what it is. Like I said before, every question that you have, there's probably an answer for it in the Word of God. 
You just got to find it. You know, some things, I believe, this is a personal belief, whether it's true or not, I believe that great things in your life don't come easy. I believe that you'll have to work for it, okay? No matter what that work to you is, you have to work at it. You know, if you're starting a business, you can't just go one day, buy something, and then your business is going to be booming, all right? You got to work at it. Spend a ton of time doing it. You got to fix problems. You got to meet people. You got to talk to people. You got to work at it. It don't just appear, right? That's a business. It could be anything in your life. Whatever you want to be great in your life, have to work at it, all right? The word of God is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. If you don't know which path to take, dig in the word of God. If you have a big decision to make, get in the word of God. It will show you the way. I promise you. <laughs> but like I said, great things don't come easy. I bet you that great answers probably don't come easy too. Study it. Read it. Get into it a little bit more than you have or a little bit more than you're comfortable doing. I'm not saying that you have to read it all day or read it for three hours at a time. But you I don't know. If you have a question, you can just say a simple prayer to God. You know, God, I'm going to read your word. I'm really struggling with this. Please show me something from your word that will help me out. And I bet you he will. <laughs> He's a good God and he loves you. Okay. The third thing. So we've gone through worship is love. Okay. We love by being thankful. Worship is intimate. It's getting to know the other person. In this case, getting to know Jesus, through the word of God, through prayer, okay? The third thing is worship is a relationship, right? So you might think, well, intimacy and relationship, it's the same, kind of, right? When you have a relationship with someone, you might be intimate with them, but you might not be, okay? I have a, a relationship with all of you. I know all of you. I know your names. I've seen you before, right? Some of you I'm really close with. I see you every single day. Others I see you once a week. We have a five-minute conversation, and that's it. I still have a relationship with you, whether you like it or not. <laughs> All right? So what does the word relationship mean to you? To me, it's just someone that I know, that I enjoy knowing. Okay? It also means investment. I don't know what it means to you. But in this case, I'm going to be talking about the investment that a relationship takes, okay? So if you want to have a good relationship with someone, you want to have a best friend, or maybe you went on a date with a man or a woman, depends, I guess. <laughs> you went on a date. You say, I like that girl. For me, it's a girl. I like that girl. I want to get to know her better. What do you got to do? Can't just go on a date once, wait a couple weeks, and then go on a date again. You know, you have to make time. You got to invest your time. You got to share thoughts. You got to share feelings. Maybe sharing feelings is too much for you guys, but that's what they like. Okay. You got to make sure that you know them. You're not going to ask some random person off the streets to marry you. You want to know the person before you marry them. You might have problems later on <laughs> if you don't. Okay. A relationship with someone, a good, strong relationship with someone takes investment, okay? And it can be investment 
in time. It could be investment in money. I don't know. I don't have any other examples, sorry. All right, so I want to share with you 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5 is like the definition of love. And this can apply to any kind of relationship. It can be a relationship with um, a person that you see once a week. You know, their, their relationship with you isn't that strong, but you like that person. You know them. You'd say that they're my friend. Or this can apply to a marriage, the strongest form of relationship that you can have. Okay? 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not, it does not honor, dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And it keeps no records of wrongs. Okay. So when I read this verse, obviously the first thing that I think of is my wife. How am I loving my wife? Am I doing these things? Probably not. I should do better. Okay. But like I said, it can apply to any relationship that you have in your life. Are you being patient? Are you being kind today? Are you envying that person across the street? Do you boast to them? Are you proud? Look at me. What do I have? Right? Do you dishonor them or do you honor them with the same respect that you would have for God? Do you honor your coworkers the same way that you would honor your boss? Okay? These are all things that we can think about in our every single day relationships. Okay? Including our relationship with, guess who? Jesus. Right? These are all things to think about. Are you being patient with God? When you ask for an answer and you don't hear a loud booming voice tell you, I want you to do this. Are you patient? <laughs> or do you get upset quickly because you want the answer now? Or maybe you need it now. Okay? Are you kind? All right? Being kind to someone else is being kind to God. He cares about what you do. All right? And that is my next point. Worship is life. It's kind of a weird way to put it. Okay, I don't know, some of you younger people might have heard, like, ball is life, or something else is life. All right, that's where I got this from. Worship is life. <laughs> okay, so as I said before, we can worship God through music. We can worship God through being thankful. We can worship God through getting to know him, being intimate with him. We can worship God through our relationships with others and with him. There's more, and this is it. Romans 12, 1 says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. All right? So the word sacrifice in this verse, okay? I know that if I didn't know better, I would think that sacrifice means like killing something and burning it, you know, making a sacrifice, like a peace offering, right? That's not what this means, right? Okay, when you sacrifice yourself to God, you are simply telling him, I will do whatever pleases you. When you sacrifice your life to God, it's not about what pleases me, not about the things that I like to do. It's about the things that please you, 
Lord. It's about doing the things that please you. All right? This is what I simply put, this is what I mean by worship is your life. Okay? Are you doing those things that are pleasing to God? Okay? And off the top of your mind, you might not know exactly what is pleasing to God. And that's okay. All right? But it's important because that verse literally says, this is your true and proper worship. All right? So if not anything else, if you're thinking about Sunday morning worship service, yes, this is worship. This, in my mind, is more important. Okay? It involves your every single day life. Your true and proper worship to the Lord your God is how you live, right? It's literally how you live. So, true worship is surrendering yourself to God, giving everything that you have to God, all right? Think about this. Uh, okay, well, here's an example. Growing up, I played baseball all the time, it's ever since I was small enough to walk. <laughs> Ever since I was five, we'll say five, up to when I graduated high school, when I was 17, okay, I played baseball every summer. Obviously, in Iowa, you can't play baseball in the winter. doesn't work. If I could, I would have. I loved to play baseball. My goal was to be professional. It was a far out there dream, okay? Don't judge me. I'm skinny, I know. I'll never be a professional baseball player. Okay, that was my goal. Okay, I loved baseball. I played on travel teams. I played on little league teams. I filled in on other teams that weren't even my team just because they wanted me to play. I want to play. All right? And I wasn't that great, but I loved it. I wasn't the best, but I loved it. Almost every single game or every single practice, at least one person, whether it was my dad, a coach, assistant coach, the dad of a friend, whoever it was, they would say, give it your all. My dad used to say in our huddles, he was always the jokester. He would say, give your all for the ball. Give your all for the ball. <laughs> and then he'd get all my friends excited or whatever, and I was just there hiding. <laughs> no. <laughs> but give your all for the ball, okay? This is just regarding baseball, right, obviously. But it can apply in your every single day life as well, no matter what you're doing. You might be getting a bowl of ice cream for a family member. You might be making your bed in the morning. You might be going to work. Maybe you have an important interview. Maybe you're going to coffee with a friend. Whatever it is, give your all. How can I give my all in getting a bowl of ice cream? I don't know. Just give God everything that you have. Every single thing that you do in life, give it everything you have and be open to change. Be open to something that you might not want to do in that moment. Maybe it's God's will, but it's not yours. Submitting to God's will rather than yours is pleasing to God. It's worship. Okay, choosing God's path rather than the world's path is worship. Choosing God's path rather than my path is worship. Okay, and no matter what that path is, whether it's a small path, okay, whether it's from what you eat today to who you marry or buying a house or moving to a different state 
Should I take this job? Should I not take this job? Okay? Find out what God's answer for you is. Okay? And like I said, if you don't know, dig in the Word of God. It's somewhere in there. It's not going to say take this job or buy this house, but there will be something that gives you that little feeling on the inside. This is the way. Okay? I know that's not very clear, but if you read the Word of God and you ask God, you'll know what I'm talking about eventually, one way or another. <laughs> okay? So, James 4, 7. Again, it says, Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Again, we're looking at choosing the right path. Do we choose God, or do we choose the devil? I was talking to Lucas about this earlier in the week, and he said, well, that's a really harsh way to put it. Choose God or choose the devil. And like, well, it's true, isn't it? Well, yeah, I guess you're right. I'll be harsh with you guys. I mean, you either, either choose God or you choose the devil. It is, that's what it is. Uh, my old youth pastor used to tell us, and maybe you guys have heard it too, you either have friends that draw you closer to God or you got friends that take you away from God. It's one or the other. Because if you hang with people that aren't doing what God's will is, you know, they're doing all the things that you know you shouldn't do, they're not kind to other people, okay, they're not kind to you, but you still hang with them because they're the cool kids, right? Eventually, there's going to be a fall somewhere along the way. There will be a fall, okay? You're either with people that build you up or you're with people that build you down. That's the end, okay? It's the same way with certain decisions in your life. You choose God or you choose the devil, all right? I'm not saying that you make a wrong decision and you say, I surrender myself to you, devil. I'm all yours. Take me. No, no that's not what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> There's always redemption. You can always run back to your father, God, okay? You guys get what I'm saying? I hope so. <laughs> all right, I got one more verse for you guys, and I'm going to close. John 14, 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Again, this is Jesus speaking here. So when he says, when he says you will be loved by my Father, he's talking about God. If Jesus is here on earth, his Father is our Father, God. Okay, whoever has my commands, do we all have his commands? We all have a Bible or a Bible application, if you don't. Okay, you techie ones. We have his commands, and if we keep them, okay, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. What is he saying? It's really simple. Do what pleases him. What pleases him? His commands. Submit to him. Submit your ways to him. Do what he asks of you. And that's how you know you love the Lord your God. Okay? I'm not asking you guys this morning to be perfect. I'm not asking you guys to never mess up. I'm not asking you guys to never get angry at someone else or to have a bad relationship with someone else. It's part of life. All right? We all mess up, myself included, probably more than a lot of you. <laughs> okay? We all mess up. We all have bad days. All right? 
do your best. That's all that he asks for, is that you do your best. And when you don't do your best, what do you do? You go back and you try again. And you try again. Right? It's a never-ending struggle. You know, I know I should do this, but I'm going to do this instead. I know I shouldn't do that, but today I might. Okay? Make tomorrow different. Get up and try again. If you don't know what you're failing at, if you don't know what you're doing wrong, find out. It's in the Word of God. Again, I'm not trying to condemn any of you. I'm not trying to make any of you feel bad. I mean, we all know there's things that we do that we have done that we shouldn't have or we shouldn't do. And for every single one of us, is different. No matter what it is, big or small. Okay. Just keep that in your mind. What can I do differently? What can I do to please my Father? Make it about that rather than trying to say to yourself, I need to be better. It's all about me. I need to be better. I wish I was perfect. What would Jesus do? He's perfect. How can I be perfect? It's not about perfecting yourself. It's about loving your God more. The more you love your God, the more you'll be able to do the things that please Him. All right? I've read a lot of stories, heard a lot of stories, seen a lot of movies, okay? And a lot of them that have the bad guy that ends up doing something they weren't supposed to do is because they were trying to please a parent, please a father figure, or a woman trying to please her mother. They do things that they don't want to do because they know it might make their parent happy. This is just a simple example, but it can relate to God our Father. The difference between God, God our Father in heaven, and a father figure here on earth is he has eternal love for you. You can't do anything that will make him love you more. Right? He loves you all no matter what. No matter what you do, no matter what you've done, he's always there for you. Right? Sometimes in life we think that love is conditional. Right? I get mad at you one minute and the next I love you. Okay, it happens. God's love for you is eternal. Why am I telling you this? You might know it. God's love for you is unconditional. Okay? Why? Our love for Him is conditional. We're not perfect. Okay? If our love for Him is conditional, and we do our best every single day to love Him the best that we can, to give Him everything that we have, it's true and pleasing worship to Him. That's all He wants is our love. There's nothing else. Okay? And it's more than just saying, Lord, I love you. It's showing Him. Actions speak louder than words. <laughs> Another simple saying, it's true. Actions always speak louder than words. Okay? God loves you guys. You know that, right? He loves you. So, as I'm closing, I want you guys to think, have I been loving God to the best of my ability? I'm not asking you, have you messed up? I'm not asking you, are you making the right decisions? I'm not asking you, 
Are you a thankful person? I'm asking you, have you loved God with everything that you have? Are you loving God with everything that you have? Just take a moment and reflect on that. And let's pray. I want to give everyone an opportunity to repent, to tell God how thankful you are for Him. I want to give everybody a chance to change the way that you love Him. Tell Him, share with Him, He's your friend. Just like the Word of God says, I am your friend. I am your Father. So let's pray. Lord, this morning, we worship you. We worship you in song. We worship you in thankfulness. We worship you in our relationship with you. And today we surrender ourselves to you. We surrender all that we are. We surrender all that we've done. And we surrender it to you because we love you. Just tell him that just once. I love you. And I thank you. In Jesus' name.